Isn't it beautiful when the church functions? And there were so many people that had something, that had a word, that had a scripture, that felt the Holy Spirit's moving here, now he's moving there. And um, it's incredible to see. So I just want to introduce this man. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we met each other many years ago. Yeah? It's been a long road. And um, sure. Uh, I heard this said on the weekend, what makes exceptional leaders? Ordinary, unexceptional men and women that trust, a God, trust God for exceptional things. And this guy and his wife have trusted God in many, in health, in finances, in breakthrough, in sanity, in every single thing. Um, and and he's, they've walked a long road. And... Uh, it's so important that we follow people that is worthy to be followed. Those lives reflect what they're living, that there's no hypocrisy, that there's no um, double-mindedness. And uh, I just want to honor you guys. Like, so for you that, you that don't, don't know, they were in this congregation. Um, they got sent out. They planted a little community group in Seapoint. Hey? Seapoint. And, and there were just people coming through that group, and that little group became a church. And today that is Town Church. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. City Bowl Church. So an unexceptional life and God dreaming for them started birth to church. And I have such a weight on my heart that God wants to take all of us and equip us and dream big dreams for us. And um, if you're sitting here and you're going, well, Lord, not me. My life's too messed up. You won't believe how messed up this man's life was. You won't believe how messed up my life was. My whole life, I haven't done one oral my whole life. I, this thing scared me to death. Um, getting to follow the Holy Spirit, uh, th that is so scary. Because what, what, what does He want to do with our lives? You're completely out of control. So I just want to hand over to you, speak about how completely out of control you are. And, and above all, look at the fruit in their lives. See what God has produced. Um, and that would inspire anyone to go, here's my life, Lord. I will trust you unconditionally. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, Nikki's like one of my old, best old friends, and Yaku, there's lots of, we're getting older and older friends. <laughs> Even I'm getting older. But um, yeah, it's, it's really a privilege to be here with you guys, and it feels like kind of coming home. It's weird, because, um, yeah, we were in Sunningdale, obviously, quite a while back, but uh, it was kind of at the start of things going towards a multi-site church, and yeah, just to see the fruit of what God's done actually in and through you guys, and yeah, just to see like multiple congregations and people going out in teams, and just, yeah, just the life of God pouring out, it really is like a base, and yeah, just to remind you guys, you actually are giants in the spirit in a sense, and I really felt that, yeah, just something of a word for you guys, even just wake up sleeping giants, I just feel for you guys, just you, they're giants in the room here, and just wake up and hear what God is saying, because His Spirit's speaking to you guys, and um, I really feel that, yeah, just wake up, I don't know why, I just felt wake up, wake up, God's, God is waking you up, and perhaps He's sending me here in a sense to just remind you of the call of God on you guys, and how much riches He's put into you that um, is going to flow out of you, in and through you, into, even into the nations and, and the city, as we, as we trust God together. So, yeah, just be encouraged. Um, 
Yeah, so the, uh, actually just, maybe Shantz, do, do, do you want to share that word? Shantz actually had a word. We just want to just trust God a little bit like, um, yeah, he's really challenging me even just sharing and preaching just to really just kind of step into the prophetic a bit and there may be even words of knowledge as we, yeah, just share on God. Um, hello, everybody. So um, I think in the pre-meeting, Lynette, you were speaking about Lazarus. Um, and God clearly said to me that he wants his people to leave their grave clothes behind in the tomb and to step into more of him. And each tomb looked different. I saw um, some tombs had the name uh, criticism on or unbelief or fear even or lost dreams and I was just uh, I just felt God really wants you to dream big again and, and to not let the fear of disappointment to stop you from dreaming again and God wants to show all of you um how he is a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my beautiful wife, Chantal. I think some of you guys know her. She's awesome. She's a lot of the reason why I am where I am today. Um, yeah, just, she's just, and yeah, my boys here have also been shaping me along the journey. But I think we all, you know, it takes it, uh, what does it say, it takes a village to raise a family or it takes a community of people to actually. Um, to, to raise a child, you know, in a sense, like, we're all children of God. I still feel like I'm a child. I need, we need each other. Um, we're not just sort of standing up here like some kind of superhero. Um, we all actually, in our own way, we're superheroes um, to God, actually. We're his, we're his sons and daughters. I mean, how awesome is that? We're actually literally the lineage of Jesus because of what he's done for us. So, yeah, isn't it exciting serving him and knowing Jesus? Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my stopwatch over there. Um, and yeah, Nikki's asked me to keep it tight and not too long. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm going to just share, if you want to take a title uh, for the preach or what I'm going to share today, it's really my own story of what God's done, uh, but it's called Letting Go of the Rudder in the Storm. Letting Go of the Rudder in the Storm. And there's just a song I actually um, just picked up on I think just came up on my play, playlist. Shane and Shane, they, they're amazing guys, but um, I'm sure some of the musos heard of them, but I'll just read some of the words of the song. It says, I will cling to the lover of my soul, letting go of the rudder in the storm. I will call on the name of the Lord. You are my song in the night, O Jesus Christ. Yo. And um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever been through that dark night of the soul, I'm, I'm sure we've all experienced that in some kind of way, but you know, there's a difference between believing God and believing in God. I think it's two very different concepts, and um, yeah, I just remember Will, I think a lot of you guys know Will Maria, but he was just such an example to me of just a man of faith, and just really trusting God, and really, he believed God, you know, he knew his God, and he, he knew him through trials and difficult times, but you know, it's easy for the things of life to actually derail us from, um, you know, it can make us hard or we can experience disappointments and it can actually move us away from God. We can have develop calluses in our hearts. But the amazing thing is if we just keep our hearts soft before God, He wants to use those difficult times and disappointments to actually draw us close to Him. So, yeah, I just really want to encourage you guys, like, um, 
he actually gave me a picture for you guys uh, to, tonight as, as a congregation and, and just something for me to kind of hang this uh, story off. And um, I'm, I'm a sailor. I've, I, guys that know me well, I, I used to sail a lot. I don't sail, I hardly ever sail nowadays. Sometimes a little dinghy around a river, but um, we, <laughs> we did much more adventurous uh, trips. And when I was a kid, um, my dad took us on this incredible journey. Um, I was actually 11 years old, and we sailed around the island of Madagascar. It's actually a massive island. It's not quite a continent, but, um, but, but in that time... Um, yeah, we just le- we we learned so many things. But the picture I had was that God is um, He's taking us on a journey with Him, and in a sense, we are those we the helmsmen, we those that are actually holding the tiller, and we directing our course. But I really felt for for you guys um, that God wants to actually grab the tiller. He wants to actually be the one that we can actually let go of, and He will safely steer our ship into the future that He's taking us. So. Yeah, I just really feel for us, like, it's kind of come through in the worship, but there's a sense of us dying to our own uh, will and our own direction, the way we want to take our life. But actually, God wants to grab hold of that tiller, and He's a good, loving dad. And He's not going to mess it up. He's not going to take us on a journey and shipwreck us, but He's actually taking us. might not be where we headed, or where we think our lives headed, but actually, He's taking us where He wants us to go. And that's where the fruit of God and the life of God is as we remain in Him. He is gonna, he's going to be the wind that fills our sails and takes us on this incredible adventure. So be encouraged tonight. Hey? It's amazing. So, yeah, I just wanted to kick off with that. Um, that, um, yeah, you know, we might hit storms along the way. And, um, and, th- and that's what I want to talk a bit about tonight. Like, my life was like this, you know, I set off on a boat um, and, and there were some serious storms, and that's what I want to kind of share with you guys, just um, getting through those storms, how I actually found Jesus in the, in the midst of a kind of a mess and a very serious kind of situation. Um, yeah, so let's start, let's start there, and I'm going to kind of, um, I'm trying to just really pick up on what God's trying to do. I have got some notes here, but I'm, just bear with me as I'm trying to hear what God's trying to say through the story, because I feel like he's going to use my story, but in a way to kind of build into you guys um, and just encourage you. Um, so, yeah, just, just growing up, um, yeah, I was actually, I think, along the journey, you know, I've been thrown, I think, you know, my dad was quite an adventurous man. I mean, it took us, it was a crazy trip, you know, it took us, uh, there were five of us, in fact, uh, that he took before I went to boarding school, which is kind of where a lot of things happened in my life. But there were five kids. I'm the eldest of um, another. I've got four siblings. Um, some of you guys might have known Warwick. I know Daniel knows Warwick. He's also in this church. Lucy was also here back in the day. Um, and they're, they're actually triplets. And they were like three years old. I was 11. And then I've got another brother, Jeremy. That's about, he was about 10 at that time. But um, anyhow, we went on this incredible journey, like I was saying, around Madagascar. Um, and, and that led, yeah, led to some, incredible, some radical storms, actually, and us almost, um, I wouldn't say quite dying, but we actually, um, uh, things got really messy and, and out of control. And we actually, in some parts on that journey, we actually took down all our sails, and we actually ran before the wind. I mean, you could know that, like, running bare poles, we literally had a, a tire behind us, and we, were, we had it out to stop us. We were, like, surfing, literally like a surfboard down these 30-foot waves, I mean, as we went to the bottom of the swell, we kind of looked up, and all you could see was the top of these troughs. I mean, it was huge. It was like in a, an ocean-going yacht. And, um, yeah, I just think, you know, kind of, 
we were just holding on for dear life. But um, God, got, you know, by His grace, He got us through. We survived that, and um, yeah, here we are today. But you know, we can be, we can prepare for the journey. We can prepare, and we can be competent in what we're doing. But actually, it's God that brings the wind. He brings the power to drive us along and take us through those storms. And um, yeah, we live to tell the tale. But um, that, that kind of got us, um, you know, from that point, you know, we'd built this incredible sense of family. We were tight. Uh, we'd been on this three-month adventure. We'd, my dad had actually taken us out of school. So we had this incredible family. And that's kind of just the backdrop to uh, me leaving, kind of not leaving my family, but in a sense being, I say orphan, but um, I was never orphaned by my family. But they sent me off to a boarding school, which is, in my world, was a very traumatic experience. Um, that was at the age of 13, and we actually, I went about 150 k's away from where we were living, um, and we were sent off, you know, I don't know, some of you guys might relate to that, but it's, it's, it's hectic, you know, as the eldest kid, it just felt like this incredible tearing as we were um, separated, and my parents and my siblings walked away. We'd known each other, we were close, we'd spent this time sailing, we were a tight family, but it was like just this moment of actually... Um, yeah, the, I didn't really know the ramifications yet of that, that uh, tearing and that pulling away. Um, and I remember I was just really heart sore. I remember for like months, like two months, I had this incredible homesickness. I don't know if anybody's experienced homesickness, but you literally, your heart aches. And I was like, oh, I like miss my father, you know, I miss my parents. I'm, I just feel like this low, I feel like this alien in this space with all these kids around me that were kind of basically reprobates at a very fancy boarding school. And I mean, yeah, not to dishonor my parents. I mean, they thought they were doing the best for me, but it was an incredibly difficult time. And it was actually there that I met Jesus. And um, I was in the bottom of a, a boarding school. There was actually uh, this house at the, it was a boarding school house, and we, we used to meet and um, actually talk about God. We had these home cell groups, and there was kind of a revival happening in that uh, traditional school. It was an Anglican church. But um, there was this man that was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was a Latin teacher, and he actually shared with Jesus about us. And I got to know him. I actually got to know and know Jesus. I was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit at about the age of 13. So that was kind of my journey to find the Lord. And um, yeah, but little did I know, like what, you know, when, when God gets a hold of our life, like we don't quite know what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> we're living our life, we're kind of plodding along, but actually when Jesus takes over, when we, when we give him the reins and we say, you know what, Lord, will you take the tiller of my life? Will you take that rudder and actually take control and direct me into where you've got for me? Um, we, we don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, it was just a, um, from that time, I actually just, yeah, it's, you know, when you get saved, and in my case, it just felt like there was this massive um, target painted on my back, and it was like the devil was after me. It's like, um, yeah, it was like he really wanted, you know, as much as God had a plan for my life, the devil also had a plan, and he definitely wanted to take me out. And um, there's actually been a couple of times where I've nearly died or been killed, um, just various situations. But, yeah, I mean, it's by, it really is by God's grace that I stand here today and, and able to share the story. So, yeah, so basically what happened was that... Um, once I got saved, I was like pretty, um, like a top student. I came first in my class, but I was quite driven, you know. I was like, I had a scholarship to go to the school, and I, I wanted to do super well, and, you know, academics was important to me. I wanted to be the super achiever, but um, my mind just started coming under attack, and I think part of the reason was just this trauma of actually being left as a 
child on his own, being separated from a family, being in a boarding school. And, and my mind just started, um, basically, it was the early stages of schizophrenia. So I didn't know that at that point, but, but I was actually starting to, uh, I started to have breakdowns from about standard eight, it's about 16 years old, and then later on um, going into matric. So I, I had various times where I actually started, uh, I, I couldn't sleep at night, I ended up in the sanatorium at boarding school, and basically I just went on this downhill slide. Um, I'd, yeah, I mean, I, I was doing really well in school and suddenly just my marks started getting worse. And yeah, it just started slowly just um, getting worse in terms of mentally where I was at. Um, and yeah, it, 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 led, it led to the point where actually after school, um, we, yeah, just basically one thing led to another. I mean, I uh, smoked, smoked a bit of marijuana, like, you know, experimenting with with um, alcohol, and I just kind of lived the high life. You know, I was like, yippee, I'm out of school. I think a lot of people do that, and you're kind of like, okay, great, let's just go forget about God, let's live my own life, enjoying the pleasures of the world. And actually, that was really serious for me because it basically opened up my mind to um, a psychotic episode where the neurons in your brain actually start misfiring and you start losing touch with reality. And that was my story. That was, um, I basically went into a psychosis and unfortunately, I wasn't, I had seen doctors early on when I was at school, but um, it, it wasn't under control. I hadn't actually been seeing doctors as I left school, and um, I was actually really sick. And obviously, the, the drugs didn't help, and that actually opened up, that kind of opened the gateway to actually becoming totally sick and, and really not functioning as a human being. And yeah, so, so one thing led to another, um, and I was studying in East London at the time, I was on this mission to become um, a world-class sailor, which I kind of laugh at, but um, I thought I was going to be this like champion um, person that raced uh, boats, and I, I loved sailing, but you know, God had other plans. He wanted to take, I thought I was going one way, but he was like, you know, I actually want to grab the rudder, hence this um, picture, and he, he wants to actually steer it a completely different direction. If I had my own way, I'd be cruising on some awesome boat sailing Volvo around the world, yacht races with my friends, and living a completely different life. But God stepped in, and, and he had to do it through quite a radical situation. So anyhow, so that, um, that lend, it, so I was getting sick uh, in, in my second year of studying graphic design up in East London. And um, yeah, the, the psychosis was just going one way, and I ended up actually running away from, from home. My parents didn't know what I was doing. They were like, they were actually distraught. I was supposed to go to something in Grahamstown. I ended up um, in Cape Town. And basically, I mean, I won't go into the details of it because um, there are, I think, some younger kids around. But basically, it led to a homicide. It, had, it led to a serious crime um, because I just mentally wasn't well. And I wasn't actually in control of what I was doing. I was actually, like, completely out of control. I was living in another reality. My mind, I was hearing voices. I was, yeah, I was completely... I mean, I, know, I haven't tripped out on drugs, but it's similar to that, and, and that's because I was, I was psychotic and I was not well. So, yeah, obviously that one thing uh, led to another. There were serious consequences because of that. Um, I'd obviously turned away. I'd, in that process, I'd been turning away from God from the age of 13, and I, you know, I just hit this massive wake-up call. I was like, uh, I landed up in court, uh, went to Falkenberg, which you guys, I think some people might have heard of. It's a mental hospital um, just around, not too far from here in Mowbray, or not, sort of, Pinelands area. And um, 
yeah, that was, that was where just God started getting a hold of my life. And <clears throat> yeah, it's incredible just to think that, um, that he cared so much about me, that he actually let me bump my head so hard that I actually woke up and I was like, you know what, I actually need Jesus. I can't, I can't function. I've been actually, I, I became a state patient. I mean, I'd never optioned. It wasn't like I decided to check myself into this mental home. I was, I was a wreck. The police took me there. And, but it started this incredible process of actually finding the Lord. And, and God actually found me. That's the amazing thing. I mean, I was, I was kind of, uh, yeah, the, these guys came from the Cape Flats. They used to play worship. And we used to have this kind of service in school, in school, in, um, in the hospital. And, um, yeah, they would, just, they would just love me. And they just, they just told me that Jesus loves you. It was so simple. And there was just something in me. I was like, I need to get to these guys. And every... I mean, it was probably every second Sunday, but they just used to worship and bring the Word of God. And just something in me was like, I need to come back to Jesus. Because the doctors wrote me off. Eh? I mean, I was like, I was hopeless. I mean, yeah, I'd, like I said, I'd lost touch with reality. I was, yeah, I was very sick. But I knew that they actually said to me, you've got no ways, you can have a family, you won't be able to run your own business, you won't be able to get married, you won't be able to have children. All these things, I spoke over my life. But I said, you know what? I know God. Somewhere along the way, I've met God, and He is the one that it, my hope is in. And I didn't put my hope in the medication, which is obviously important, and doctors, but I knew that God could actually heal me and set me free and bring me from this broken place into wholeness. So that's kind of, that's the story, and that's where it, it really started for me. And um, yeah, I just chose to believe that God had a different future for me, you know? Like the world had spoken death over my life, but I was like, you know what, God, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe in you. And, um, yeah, and, and it's, it's been an ongoing process, you know, I don't stand here today as some kind of super saint, I'm, I'm just Julian, you know, I'm just this, this man that's actually obeyed and followed what God has told me to do. And as I've done that, I've seen this incredible fruitfulness and just the faithfulness and goodness of God, how He's actually turned my life around and taken something that was a mess and that the world, people didn't know what to think of me, you know, I mean, I was... The stuff was in the newspapers. I mean, I lost all my friends. I went out of society for like a year and a half. I mean, it was hectic. It was like most people that hear my story are like, what? That's, that's crazy. I mean, it literally was crazy. I was crazy. But, but God, um, yeah, God healed me and, and set me free. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to spend too long. So I hope you haven't spent too long just talking about the BC or the days you know, before Christ in a sense. But the, the 80 days, the days of, of knowing Jesus is actually just as exciting. And um, hmm? more exciting, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, since then, just, just to quickly summarize that, um, I mean, like Nikki is saying, I mean, these guys were a massive, um, actually part of the journey, coming out of hospital, actually moved, moved to PE, and that's actually where I met uh, just by like God's divine intervention, seriously, like sending a drug addict to my house to tell me about New Covenant and Storehouse, which is basically the church that planted Joshua Generation out of. And I ended up coming the first night. I remember meeting these guys and Milani and Julie, I don't think so, and Alex and Yvette, yes. <laughs> I think you guys are also there. You guys are awesome. And, and they just prophesied over my life and just spoke stuff into my life. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't even know what prophecy was. They were like, you, you're this photographer. I don't, think I, I don't think I'd even told them that. They were like, you're this, 
like incredibly creative person, blah, blah, blah. But they basically read my email and they, they kind of told me, and I was like, I've never heard of prophecy. Like, what is this? This place is like amazing. They took, I think the first time I went around to somebody's house and I was like, yo, guys, this is like mind blowing. You're inviting me into your life, having prayers with me and I'm getting to hang out in Nikki's shaping bay and with his rusted old Alfa Romeo. And um, yeah, we just had great stories. I mean, I was still rough, you know, I mean, I still... I mean, I think we were in, go, I remember coming to Houston at their house and took a friend with me, and I think we bought courts around the corner at this bar. So, I mean, I wasn't perfect. You know, I got saved. I still did a little bit of drinking here and there. But, um, but you know, like God, God got hold of my life, and I, was, I wanted to please Him, and I wanted to, I mean, I wasn't proud of those things. I mean, I, I repented, and I knew, okay, I had, I've got to change now because I know Jesus. And He wanted me to be different. And it wasn't because it was some external bunch of rules. It was like, I've actually met the living God, and he, I don't want to displease him because he's my king, and I want to walk closely with him. And when I did those things, I've, yeah, I was quick to repent, and I, my heart was soft. And I still want to stay like that, you know. It's quick for us to, to, our hearts to get hard, and we think we become prideful, and we think we've got it all together. But the reality is we don't, guys. We hear by God's mercy and grace, and we need to humbly just hold that and just remember what he's done for us, that we could be free. So, yeah, so this has just been the journey and um, just being part of church and coming to Josh Jen and just um, seeing what God's done. I mean, it's amazing. Like, he's, he's done so much. I mean, to encourage you guys, like, I mean, we, we basically involved in planting a church. And I promise you, I remember sitting in this hall and um, Andrew came here and he was like, okay, guys, we've got this. We're actually thinking of not just meeting in Sunningdale. We want to, we've got this crazy idea of 144,000 people in our church. I don't know if, I mean, you guys might have heard this before, but I mean, I think we've kind of forgotten about that, but it, it really feels like that's actually starting to come true. Like we've, it's really like exponentially just growing and growing. And, and he said like, the, there's this area in Seapoint and there's like one or two people there. Does anybody want to move there? And I was like, ah, I almost put my hand up straight away. But I just thought, okay, I better just check in with Chantal. And um, yeah, I didn't immediately say, yes, we'll go there. I thought, let's check with the wife. And, um, and, then, and she was totally anti it when I spoke to her. She's like, no ways. We've just moved to Melkbos. We've come to the promised land. And, you know, we've got a little kid. Like, Thorin was a couple of months old and... Literally, he'd just been born, and um, yeah, I think he was like one month old. And God spoke to us, and he's like, you know what, I want you guys to, I want you to move. I want you to follow me, and like, I want to do something in town. I've got a dream for this area. And I remember Nikki even, like, we, JJ, guys, uh, I don't know, he's not here anymore, but they were living in town, and Rob and Leonie, and I knew God was doing something in me. God had, it was on God's heart to go into town and to actually take the land. And I mean, like, yeah, we didn't know anything. I mean, we were still, I mean, you guys were still discipling us, and I don't think I was even, maybe even leading a community, but I was like, God, like, I want to go with you. Like, you're taking me on this adventure. And we just, there and then, we literally, the next day, we, we handed in our lease. We're like, God spoken. I phoned Andrew. I said, hey, we're in, Andrew. We're your guys for Seapoint. We're going to go. Um, and we literally, we just took action. We're like, okay, God's spoken. I'm going to obey him. That seals it. God says it. I'm going to do it. And obviously, we spoke to guys like leaders. We spoke to Andrew. We spoke to guys. They felt a witness in God. We didn't just go out. And we, yeah, we left. We, we took all of our stuff. Um, it was a hectic drive. I remember, I think we nearly had an accident. 
we're driving so far, like from Millpools to Seapoint, we're commuting and dragging all of our stuff up and down. But God was in it, and he added people. He started just bringing people in. Eh? And I mean, we were just a normal couple that just went out and started loving people and just bringing people into our home. I mean, we didn't even have a venue. We, we went there, like, in the start, and uh, we just met in a restaurant. We just said, hey, guys, like, um, we're just meeting. We don't have a venue. We were still living in Melkbos, we, but we felt God saying, just start something up. So we just went to a restaurant, and we said, come join us. There was an unsaved car guard, uh, another guy, a Burundian car guard, um, ourselves, and I think that's about, and maybe one other guy, Rob, or Andrew told us about him, but he only came once, and then he left. <laughs> so, so we were like, okay, cool, let's, let's just go with God, and, and we just started loving people. We moved our family there, and yeah, just day by day, God, literally people would knock at our door. We baptized, I mean, Ozzy Ian, was, no, no, we didn't baptize you in the bath, but I mean, we baptized another guy in the bath. I think we did baptize you in the bath, yeah. Um, but yeah, we just we were just following God, and we were loving people, and God just grew and grew this community. Eventually, Ryan um, Kingsley came out, and because they couldn't find elders, and we were like dealing with all these hectic situations, but we were just deacons, and we were just trying to do our best. And uh, yeah, it was it was crazy, but God God was in it, and and He grew that thing, and eventually became City Ball, and then City Ball. Um, yeah, there were like 40 people meeting in our flat. It was nuts. We, could, we had to go outside and meet on the grass because our flat wasn't big enough. I mean, we had a huge flat. But um, the fruit that has come out of that, I mean, all the guys literally that in our community are like elders now, leading churches, who've planted. I mean, Thomas Hoffman's gone to Switzerland and basically revolutionized Europe in a sense. In, or in the church in Switzerland, he's been involved in that. Um, but we've just seen this, and it was, it was like we weren't anything great. We were just obeying God and just trying to love people and share the gospel and just get out there. And, yeah, so, I mean, out of that, um, City Bowl actually planted Weinberg, Constantia planted out of that. And then we felt um, just in God to, Andrew actually brought another word, and we felt to, that he would send champions into Weinberg. And, um, yeah, I also, again, just felt God could this be you? I mean, we'd been in City Bowl till like 2018. So we were there for like another 13 years. We really established ourselves in the church and served and gave it our all. But at the same time, we were like, God, there must be more. I can't just be sitting in this church year after year, decade after decade. There must be another, at least, I don't know how many church plants in me. And I was like, okay, God, we just got to, let's just dream with you. Let's just put faith in you and let's see what it does. And and this, this word came, and I was like, God, is that you? And I want to challenge you guys and encourage you guys. You, we've got to hear what the voice, what the Holy Spirit is saying, because he wants to move us on, and he wants to take us from glory to glory. And he doesn't want us to settle down there, guys. I mean, we're getting older. I mean, we're all getting older, but it doesn't mean that he can't move us. And um, like even Uncle Ivan, I think he was 80 years old. He said there's still two church plants in us. And I'm not saying that we, I mean, work it out. You might be called like Nikki to stay here, but you might be, be called to move. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just totally going off what I was going to say. But, um, but, yeah, we need to prayerfully obey what the Lord is saying to us. And, um, and, yeah, just the fruit that came out of that. I mean, we were sitting here in a leaders' meeting at a bra, and Andrew had all these words. I don't know if you remember that, these words for all the different congregations. 
And then that, my heart again leapt, and I was like, yes, God, that's us. Like, I'm the champion. I was like, I don't feel like a champion, but in God, I'm like, I know God's spoken that word. I'm a giant in the spiritual realm. I might feel like this wimpy, average saint that's like, doesn't have much going in his life, but in God, like, I want to step into that. And, and yeah, and, he, and then we, we, we decided to move. We said to the elders, look here, guys, this is what God's saying to us. What do you think? Do you think we should move from City Bowl to Weinberg? That took about two months. I was like, ah, or a month. I think it was in December. And they were waiting and waiting. I think they didn't want us to go because we'd been planted this church. But in God, like Ryan felt, okay, guys, go for it. Like we feel a witness in God. And we, so we moved over. I mean, we moved from Fishhook. We moved from Pinelands. We were living there. And we started commuting to a community in Fishhook. You know how far that is? (laughs) We were driving on a Wednesday night for like 45 minutes to an hour just to go visit a community and be part of that before we even moved. Because we were like, God, you know, when you speak, I want to obey you straight away. I don't want to wait till it's convenient for me, till I've got a house in Fishhook. No. God said move, so I'm going to move. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to get in my car and go to where he wants me to go to. And, like, it was incredible. Like, we got there, and, I mean, it was, I won't say incredible. I mean, it was very hectic. It was like, it was a massive sacrifice. I nearly sweated drops of blood, because I had to move out of out of a house that I was basically given a house in Pinelands, and it was all my insecurities. I was like, God, I've got this awesome house. I'm living in my palace for like nine years, and now you want me to move to Fishhook? I'm like, where is that? <laughs> and, um, but God, he, he undertook for us. We, we faithed it. I mean, we didn't have enough money to do it for a deposit, but God just came through. We got tenants into our house, and we made the jump. I mean, that's a story on its own. And um, God has just been providing, like, all along the way, as we've seen and obeyed what he's, he's saying to us. And so Fishuk was, yeah, also an incredible adventure. We, um, we joined a community group out there. And, um, yeah, the guys that were part of that group actually um, decided to leave, like, after about one or two months. So thank goodness we were there because we were able to actually step in and start leading that. Guys started pulling in, and that group grew and grew. And then we were like, okay, God, what's next? And, um, yeah, we... We chatted to the elders, Dylan, and we said, like, where do you need us, guys? We, oh, sorry, by this stage, we had we'd planted out of, during this time, we actually planted from Weinberg into Musenberg. So I don't know if you guys know there's a congregation there. That's where we are. Sorry, I hope I'm not going too long. Um, we, so we, we started, um, we basically planted, we planted another church or part of a plant into Musenberg, and that's where Fishhook was happening. So... So actually, during the time we were in Fishhook, we actually planted uh, Musenberg Congregation. So anyhow, so there was basically a hub happening in Musenberg, and we, we felt in God to actually move from Fishhook and move to Musenberg. Um, and this was during COVID when everything was all like crazy. But um, yeah, we were like, okay, God, if, you want, if the elders feel like they want us in Musenberg, we're going to put in our lease, we're going to cancel the lease, and we're going to move. And we, had to, we did that. We canceled the lease. God came through, provided somebody to take over our lease. So we did it all legally, and it was cool. And, um, and then he, I mean, he supernaturally, like, yes, I mean, you guys, all, you were there, like, yesterday. But um, God just, I promise you, like, it, again, it was hectic. It wasn't like all roses. Oh, you, like, God's just going to sort everything out. Um, it, was, it, was, it was intense. I mean, I literally, again, I mean, I couldn't find a place in Musenberg. We literally gave up, actually gave up. I said, God, you know what? This is a dumb idea. I'm going to go. I'm just going to take all my family. And I'm, I've been looking for six months during COVID to find a house in Musenberg, and it's not happening. Like, I'm just going to take my stuff. 
the, the straw that snapped the camel's back was my tenant in Pine and said to me, look, I want you to, um, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to cancel my lease with you. This was like a, a week before Christmas. I was like, my brood, thanks for that Christmas present. But <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, like, coming out of COVID, like, that's, my, that's part of my security. I'm getting a rental here. But okay. I actually was pretty cool about it. I said, you know, it's fine. If you want to move out, all good. Um, and then, but then I said, okay, God, I can't find a place to stay. When he moves out of my house, I'm just going to move to Pinelands and just go back to Egypt and just hang out there. <laughs> um, and, and, and then God, when I gave up, and that's what I want to encourage you guys, just probably try and land it over here, is that when we give up and we hand over control to God, I promise you, every time he just takes hold of that tiller and he steers the ship in a different direction. That night, it was like we'd been looking for, for this house in Musenberg. Like, it's like finding hen's teeth. It just didn't exist. And boom, I think it was the next day, Hashans. Like after I said, God, I give up, the next day I get an email notification. Bling! Check this, um, this house in, in Musenberg. And I looked at the pictures and I was like, oof, okay, it looks like a dump. But um, <laughs> I can see potential. I'm a bit like Mickey, <laughs> bit of a property mogul. So I was like, it looks junk, but I, I Google mapped the location. I was like, hmm, this looks interesting. It's about a couple of meters from Musenberg Surfer's Corner. It looks like I can walk to the surf. I'm interested. <laughs> so I sent them an email, and I was like, okay, can we come check out this place? And we walked in the place, and Chance was like, I don't think you were too impressed there. Eh? It, it did look, it, did, it was cute, but I mean, it was, like, it was a massive downgrade. Um, but I was like, God, like this, I just said, just give me the lease application. I'm just going to sign it. I don't even want to look at the house. I'll, let's just go. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and that's, and like, I promise you, literally these accountants, all these Lani yappy guys were literally fighting over that house. They were like hounding the agent, but the owner wanted a family in there and he wanted us. And God told me that we're going to get that house when I walked in and he gave us the house. And I was like, I mean, we, I can't really, I shouldn't really tell you how much rent we're paying, but it's like next to nothing. I mean, I don't think you, there's a lot, there's not many places that are that cheap in, for a house, let alone a house at the beach, right in the community where God has called us. So he just made a way, hey? and like we've able to make profit, we've, it's put us in such better financial position, and it's not just, that's like a side benefit, but the main thing is he's allowed us to become part of the church to become really like a pillar in the church for Musenberg and actually be part of the community, be closer to everyone. But isn't God good? Eh? Like, I mean, like he takes us through these hectic storms, but he always makes a way out. And as we obey him and walk in step with the Spirit, he opens up doors and opens up suburbs and communities. And we trust in God. You know what? I think he's going to probably send us back to Fishhook and Komiki or somewhere around there. And I know he's pulling people in. Like already another group started up down there. And I'm trusting God, man. Let's go for another church plant. Let's see. I know God's spoken something over that over my life, but I'm like, God, anytime, anywhere, anyhow, I'm your man. I'm ready to go with you. I want to dream with you, have faith with you that you are going to provide. And yeah, just let's trust God together, huh? Hey? Awesome. Cool. So yeah, so, the, so that's really just um, kind of the crux of what I wanted to say is that, man, you know what, the world's become really small with COVID, and um, I think some of us have got small-minded, maybe in our thinking, maybe we've settled down a little bit, but I wanna, I wanna, I'm here to, in God, to disrupt you, to actually, like Nikki said, hear this word of disruption, and I really felt 
let's disrupt the spiritual realm and let's trust God. Guys, there's a much bigger world in Cape Town. I don't know if you know, but the, I'm just saying, guys, I'm not saying that you should come there, but it's beautiful. The, the Cape Town Riviera is just down the road there, and uh, it's an amazing space. But you know what? There's a much bigger place than just Tableview. I've lived out the side, and it's awesome. But you know what? God has called us to take the city, and it's going to take courageous people like you and I to actually obey God and step out and say, God, you know what? I, my life, those grave clothes, I'm dead to my old life. But I want to walk in you and walk in step with the Spirit and walk into what you have for us. Because I really believe God has put a massive amount in you guys here. And why not? Let's take the city for God, guys. Let's, let's go. Let's dream with God. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take blood, sweat, and tears. It's going to come at a price. But it's so worth it because one day... We're going to be able, God's going to say, my good and faithful servant, you served me, you obeyed me, and look at all the fruit behind. Look at the, there have literally been hundreds and thousands of lives, people have been saved and heard the gospel just through our lives, just through obeying God. And I mean, that's, like, that's a miracle. And God, that could be the story for you guys, for, for each one of us tonight. So I really want to encourage you that don't think your life's insignificant. You're just in the day-to-day mundanity. God is going to use you guys right in that exact place where you are now. So, yeah, stay there if that's where God's got you, but don't stay there if that's not what God's got for you. And I really want to encourage you just to hear God for where He is placing you. Amen.